Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. On my May 7th episode, I took a look at the movie The Haunted. It's a direct-to-TV film that featured Ed and Lorraine Warren. For me, I actually consider it to be the first movie in the Conjuring series. It's not really, but it does have Ed and Lorraine Warren in it, so I really do feel like it's a good primer, a good first start to what's actually going to come in the Conjuring series. Hopefully that episode did inspire some people to seek it out and watch. As I stated before, it's on YouTube for free. Someone posted it up as a TV rip from the Encore channel. But while that movie is forgotten, one series that is definitely not forgotten is The Conjuring. It has many films under its belt so far. And on June 4th, it will have its third entry in the main Conjuring series. There's numerous spin-offs such as the Annabelle films, The Nun, Curse of La Llorona, a whole bunch of different ones there. Since the third film in the main Conjuring series is coming out, I thought it would be appropriate to go ahead and talk about the first two Conjuring films. So for the next two weeks, we will be talking about The Conjuring, Conjuring 2, the following week Conjuring 3 which means The Conjuring 3 is going to hit a week late. But that's okay. I'm going to give my rundown on those, and hey, let's get into it. This is the 2013 James Wan-directed The Conjuring. The Conjuring starts us off with the Annabelle story, which is a pretty good intro in itself. I think it kind of sets the tone for the film, and even the second Conjuring film where it almost feels like a whole bunch of little movies and stories. Yes, there's a main story. However, it's nice that we're getting other ones that were part of Ed and Lorraine Warren's history. Ed and Lorraine Warren were actual paranormal investigators. I don't know if I actually believe that they actually went through all this. I do think there is some merit, though, that there was maybe something that happened in these cases. It is nice that we're given a little bit of backstory here because if you had no idea who Ed and Lorraine Warren were, this movie definitely gives you a solid idea of who they were. The Annabelle intro works well because we are given those introductions to the Warrens as well as setting the tone to the movie. This sets the tone. I know I said that before, but it really does set to what kind of movie you're getting. It's a very classically styled horror film. I personally like the Haunted House movie. I don't like when you have the ghosts and spirits yelling and all kinds of things. We do get a little bit of that here towards the end to up the intensity. You know, ghosts and demons, they always want to yell. We might get to that a little bit later. But this Annabelle intro, I think it's an awesome way to open up a movie like this. Not only that, when we get those opening credits of scrolling upwards with The Conjuring, it definitely gives you that old-school horror vibe. It's all the more surprising that this came from James Wan, mostly because with his first directorial effort, Saw, it had a very music video-esque quality. I don't mean that as a detractor at all. His direction here is just very solid. It's very slow and deliberate, very slow building. It really does show that he is a very good director at upping that intensity. 
He does that from the very start of the film and doesn't really let up throughout the whole movie. I think this appreciation for making slower paced horror films came through even in some of his earlier works such as the Insidious films or even Dead Silence. Yes, I know he didn't direct Insidious 3, but he did do the other two and those are also films with a focus on the intensity rather than the blood and gore. All the more surprising that the first Saw film relied on more disturbing content. Well, I didn't intend to get into the direction of James Wan here, but we did that a little earlier than expected. That's okay. I think we should talk about the plot. This is a case of Ed and Lorraine Warren that was not released before. This is a never-before-seen case, and it's about the Perrin family. They move into their Rhode Island farmhouse. The house needs a lot of work. If you were to guess if this house would be haunted, you would be right, because it definitely looks like something that would be a haunted house. This house, from what the movie tells us, does have some multiple spirits in it. The worst of them is a demon by the name of Bathsheba, who sacrificed her weak-old child to the devil in 1863. She also later hung herself on the property where the parents are now living. You also get some demonic possession with Bathsheba wanting to possess the mother, Carolyn Perrin. As it turns out, Bathsheba also wants her to kill her children. Before all this demonic possession and stuff comes about, we know that the spirits, demons, all that good stuff, they like to harass us first. So there's numerous little weird things that happen. It slowly ramps up and this is where the movie is very similar to the TV film The Haunted where there's multiple spirits in the house. I'm assuming if there's going to be spirits maybe some choose to leave us alone. They don't really want to make themselves apparent. Then there's also the demons. They want to go and harass us and get us to that breaking point to where we're most vulnerable. Again, I don't know if I truly believe any of that, but it does make for an entertaining horror film. There's lots of other weird things that happen in the movie, such as the significance of the 307, which was the time where Bathsheba killed herself. Everybody has weird occurrences around that time. I think one of the most effective sequences in the movie is the use of hide-and-seek as well as the clap-clap game. That part there is actually very effective and very creepy. No, it didn't really scare me, but it's used to great effect here. If you haven't seen the film, this movie is from 2013. I think you should probably see it by now. So I don't really want to give that away just in case anybody hasn't seen it. But as far as jump scares go and like raising intensity, it's handled super well. This is where I think if James Wan would have gone with a quick cut stylish direction, I don't think it would have worked. Doing things the way he did here with the slow building tension, it paid off in the movie's favor. I think that's why a lot of people like this one. It's a great theater experience. When I saw it back in the day, it was one of those that really used the full spectrum of the sound system and it really amplified the experience. As good as the direction and the actual horror, even most of the drama, as good as all that stuff is handled, it wouldn't be half as good 
if the actors involved weren't invested in this. I think Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are excellent choices for Ed and Lorraine Warren. They don't necessarily look like them, but I really do feel like they have on-screen chemistry. I believe that they're husband and wife. I believe that these are real people. Vera Farmiga actually handles most of the emotional load, the emotional toll that it would take on you from being sensitive to the different spirits and demons and everything. She does really good in the role. I like that she provides that vulnerability to her performance. With Patrick Wilson as Ed Warren, he does a great job as well. He's kind of stern a little bit, but he's sort of jokey and very warm to the Perrin family. So as far as characterizations go, I don't know if this is 100% true to life without Ed and Lorraine Warren actually were, but I would like to think this is how they were. I've only ever seen them in interviews. Of course, I never knew them personally, so I would never know. But the fact that Vera Farmiga actually went and hung out with Lorraine Warren, Patrick Wilson probably got notes on how Ed was. They did a great job overall. I think it may be one of the reasons for the film's success. Sure, these are known for their scares and their intensity, However, the characters of the Warrens themselves here are very compelling. We're given just enough backstory to make us care. Not only do we care about the parents here and what they're going through, we also care about the Warrens. I think that may be, for me, what's missing from the spin-offs of the Conjuring films. They're there simply for scares. They don't really have enough compelling characters or compelling reasons for me to want to care about anyone or anything that happens in them. I actually care what happens here in The Conjuring. We should also talk about that other owners of the parents' house here, the farmhouse, other owners didn't really have any paranormal experiences from what I've heard. Instead, they were getting very annoyed of people constantly pulling up to the property wanting to see the house. I understand why they would want to see the house, but then, you know, there's people living there, so you probably want to give them their privacy. The house was recently sold not too long ago. It wound up getting sold to a husband and wife paranormal investigator. I don't know their names offhand. It's actually very late, so I'm not looking it up right now. But they did a, I believe, 72-hour stream, I want to say where they had a live stream of a whole bunch of different cameras set up and people of course did see weird things. They saw orbs and stuff like that. And I don't know, I didn't watch the live stream. I just read about little highlights and clips of it. The paranormal investigators are saying that yes, the house is still very active. Who knows? Of course they bought this house specifically because they wanted to bank off of it. And that's also one of the reasons why I cast doubt on some of the things that Ed and Lorraine Warren have in their house, their little museum of artifacts. I don't know if it's open still or not, but I know that you can watch some YouTube videos if you want to see like the real Annabelle doll and stuff like that. Real paranormal investigators, of course, they're just trying to build their brand. So that's why it makes me question 
if the paranormal investigators that bought the parents' house, if they're actually legit. I don't know. I'm not saying it's not true, but you bought the house specifically because you knew what it was. But overall, The Conjuring was a great start to a franchise. Uh, regardless of how I feel about the spinoffs, the franchise itself is solid. I'm going to guess that the presence of James Wan's direction is probably going to be sorely missed with the third film, but I'm definitely willing to give it a shot and I'm hoping for the best on that one. If you haven't seen it, of course, you should definitely check it out. It is one of the great modern horror franchises. It'll never touch the classics, of course, but for being a modern horror film and a modern horror series, it definitely does the trick. I think I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. You can listen to past episodes at my website, adamanalyzes.com. If you don't do the whole social media thing, send me an email to adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. I do take requests and I'd love to hear your thoughts on things. If you are enjoying the sound of my voice and you would like to hear more episodes and you have a free moment, I know it's tough to find a free moment, but if you have one, I would greatly appreciate it if you leave me a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It will allow me to reach new listeners as well as create new content. But with that being said, be kind and good night.